Welcome to the Career Zone podcast, where each episode we spend a few minutes focusing on something that's on students' minds right now. I'm your host, Ray, an employability and careers consultant with the University of Exeter. And you can catch up with all of our series, keep up with all our regular releases by doing those subscribing and following things. We're on iTunes and Spotify. My name is Hayley Kendall. I'm an employability and placements advisor working with the placements team and mainly supporting students in the College of Life and Environmental Sciences and the College of Medicine and Health. So in today's podcast, we're going to be looking at a key skill, which is resilience. We're going to focus on how being resilient can help when searching and applying for work experience, and in particular, how developing your resilience is key when searching for a placement. So what do we mean by the term resilience? Resilience is the ability to face setbacks or unforeseen events without allowing them to dominate or derail your plans. It's not about being unaffected by stress or pressure. It's about recognizing when you are affected by it and having coping strategies in place to help you manage it. The key thing to point out is that your levels of resilience can be increased and improved. And resilience isn't a static quality, but a skill that you can develop. You need to be resilient when searching for a placement because you will face setbacks. However, if you deal with these setbacks in a positive way, such as seeking feedback to improve for your next interview, not taking the rejection personally, but seeing it as an opportunity to learn and improve, this will help you stay on track, focused and motivated with your placement search. Not only will resilience help when looking for work to keep you motivated, It is also a skill that graduate employers look for in potential candidates and also something that's really helpful when you start a new job or placement. So I'm pleased to say that today we are joined by two special guests, placement year students Anais and Harriet, who are going to share their experiences of searching for and securing their placement year roles and how being resilient helped them along the way. Okay, hi, I'm Harriet and I'm going into my final year Exeter studying physical geography. Last week I finished my year-long customer development placement at Johnson & Johnson within the pharmacy team. My role was fundamentally sales and account management where you interact directly with customers, sell in new products and work with marketing, shopper and legal teams to create campaigns for your chosen accounts and I really loved it. I'm Annie and I, for my placement year, I went to the Zoological Society of London um, and I worked in the evidence-based animal care team alongside four other people working in that team. So the different roles in the team were welfare officer, behaviour management, nutrition and research. And I was a bit of an extra in the team and I worked along all all of those people and dabbled in all of their jobs. and yeah, so I did a bit of everything and it was really, really fun. Um, obviously, uh, things are a bit messed up because of COVID and the lockdowns, etc. But um, I did two of my own projects, one on the behaviour of a group of gorillas and another online video analysis, one of fish behaviour following some transportation. So we'll start with Harriet. Can you tell us about your journey to finding a placement? Uh, so that's quite a, quite a big question because I think my journey to getting a placement was quite a long one. Um, so if we start at the beginning. Um, so I first heard about placements at my second year module fair and I'd never heard of one before. I didn't realise it was an option that we could do. 
Um, however, after talking to the module convener for placements and a lot of my friends who are also thinking about it, I recognised that it was such a great opportunity and decided to pursue it and see what would happen. So before looking for any placements, I first decided to write my CV, as I'd never done that before second year, as when you're applying, this is one of the first things they will ask you for. So I'd recommend starting that quite early. Um, to do this, I used the CV360 tool on the CareerZone website, which honestly saved my life. And I also sent off my CV to a few people within the career zone and asked for notes back to see their opinion, um, because the more opinions read, the better, because you get a wider breadth of things you can add. Um, once I completed my CV, I took the approach of applying for a smaller amount of placements, but for each one, I researched the company and then amended my CV so it would reflect what values they value as a company. So when they'd read it, they'd see I tailored it. And I thought that gave me a greater chance of success in my applications. Um, one thing that I would recommend is applying for a variety of roles that go outside your comfort zone. Um, so I applied for sales roles, marketing roles, geographical teaching roles, um, lots of different bits. And I think by applying to a breadth of roles, it allowed me to come into the interviews each time with like fresh ideas and allowed me to remain motivated because I wasn't repeating the same thing every time. So in terms of applications, I think I did around 20 applications and then that resulted in five video interviews and three assessment centers. Um, all of this was during the first term of second year. So it was a really intense three months, especially with studying alongside it. So I think that's when resilience is really key to keep going and also have really good time management skills, um, which you learn. <laughs> However, I would also say that I had a lot of friends who applied for placements up until May, June time, like the next year. So there isn't a set time frame. If you don't get it within the first term, it's not the end of the world. There is loads of placements throughout the year, so I wouldn't worry. Um, to finish up, so I got offered my placement at J&J in December of 2019, which was a very lovely early Christmas present. <laughs> when I look back to when I first started applying for placements, I honestly never would have guessed I'd got the role and wouldn't have thought I would have been the best for it because I do a geography degree. However, assessors are really looking for who you are as a person and what you've done extracurricular, not necessarily what your degree is. So just make sure that in your CV and through all your interviews that you stand out and you show your personality. And I think that will stand you in good stead for success. That's great. Thanks, Harriet. And I think you've picked up on a really key point that it's better to apply for fewer roles, but submit really quality applications that you spent time researching and tweaking your CV and taking the time to do that, because that's going to be a much more effective application than sending out thousands of applications and a more scattergun approach. Um, and yeah, like you said, a really nice Christmas present. I think you're one of the lucky students that do manage to find their placement before Christmas. Um, so yeah, congratulations with that and thank you. So Inez, um, how was your placement journey? Um, yeah, it was definitely not what I expected in terms of how long it would take and how many different things would need to come together to make it work. Um, I was a bit similar to Harriet in terms of, I, I chose the option of, well, I didn't choose it. It was kind of, um, my options were more limited, I think, because in biological placement years anyway, it did, it really surprised me how it wasn't too diverse in terms of the companies that offered loads of placements and 
the kind of fields that they were in. Um, and my area of interest is obviously animal welfare and behavior, anything to do with animals really. So that was my field of interest going into trying to find a placement. But I didn't really find that many of that was available to me. Um, and ones that I did find that were relevant were, you know, those are really hard to find. <laughs> um, so I'm not very proud to say it, but I think I probably officially applied to about five actual placements because I was really picky with what I was applying to because I just wasn't willing to do a job for a year that I wasn't going to absolutely love. And I think that partly is because I transferred onto the course, same as Harriet, I think, you know, rather than being on the course when you start university. And like Harriet said, you know, I'd found more about, found out more about it. Lots of my friends were doing it. And once I looked into it, I just thought that, yeah, it would be a really nice thing to do, get some experience in a field that is currently just a fashion, a fascination or a curiosity um, and turn it into that actual practical experience to show after you graduate. So I definitely thought it was a good idea, but because I wasn't already on the course, I think that made me much more fussy with what I was going to choose. Um, and so I went to three interview things, including the one for ZSL. The first one was an assessment centre and I'd never done an assessment centre before. I literally went into it not even realising it was an assessment centre. And then afterwards I was like, ah, I think that was an assessment centre. Um, the second one was just an interview and it was quite anticlimactic because I felt I'd done so much preparation and they barely asked me anything. But looking back, it's quite clear that the roles that I applied for before ZSL I wouldn't have enjoyed at all so I'm glad in hindsight that I didn't get offered them because I think it would have been easy to be like oh let, let's just accept the offer because I'm nervous about not getting one at all um, but yeah so my journey was very long I was applying and not to necessarily official placements but I was sending out emails to lots of companies being like can you accommodate a student for a year like you know I really like your company and everything you stand for and all that stuff but all of those were a bit of a dead end. But yeah, so I only got my offer from ZSL late March or something. Um, and it was actually once we were already in lockdown. So I was waiting for a very long time to secure my placement whilst all of my friends that were doing it had already gotten theirs a while ago. So it was quite, it was, it was stressful. It was quite stressful, you know, not, not having that security and especially with accommodation, you know, you have to decide about accommodation really early on, especially in Exeter. And it was definitely a gamble for me to just be like, okay, I'm just gonna have to try because I really want it. So yeah, my journey to getting a placement was definitely long and stressful, but definitely worth it. Great, it's good to hear that it was all worth it in the end and that you, you don't regret sticking with it and no, you know, yeah. had that amazing, that amazing time at ZSL for the year. Um, and I think you're right, accommodation is a big barrier that some students face and you do have to fully commit to that, to the process and commit to doing the placement year and think, no, I'm not going to find accommodation because I'm not going to be here. I'm going to be on my placement year and just keep going and you will find something eventually. So kind of um, following on from that, students often ask me for advice around motivation to keep searching and applying for roles after kind of receiving many setbacks, it is really easy to feel a bit dejected and 
kind of you find it harder to kind of keep going and pick yourself up so Nate have you got any kind of tips to share like what kept you motivated when you were searching for a placement um I touched on it a bit but I think because I transferred onto the course rather than being on it when I first came to university I was definitely I did it I think I did the placement year for the right reasons in terms of it was genuinely because I thought it would be a great addition to my degree rather than just doing a placement for placement's sake, if you know what I mean. Because um, I think a lot of people do settle for positions that they might might not be completely suited for just because they're really anxious about securing a placement and things. Um, but quite a lot of my friends were doing placements as well. So I think it was nice to have a group of people all kind of doing the same thing because you can motivate each other and give each other tips about interviews and stuff. I remember I was one of the last of my kind of peers to go to some interviews. So lots of my friends had already been before. So they were giving me lots of tips about what they did well and what they think other people didn't do well or something like that. Um, so that was good to have, you know, a group of people around you doing the same. And I think for me, it was also because I had quite a specific area that I wanted to go into. And I was, I'm so passionate about the subject and about the topic that it made it easy for me to really want to get experience and get a placement in something. And I, yeah, I felt like it was motivating to just have the opportunity to work at these places that I really wanted to work at and turn my a passion for something into actual experience and actually contributing to things that you want to do um so I I would say that a big thing for me and a tip for other people would be to just find something that you really like and really you're, you're excited by it and you really want to do it because after doing it for a year even though I absolutely loved my placement it wasn't stress-free and it wasn't easy so I think you know you have to do something that you're really passionate about otherwise I think it's it's really difficult to be motivated to do something and keep applying for things if you're not actually really excited by it. And I think that's where your resilience on placement as well is really important because they are they aren't yeah like you said they aren't stress free years. You will still encounter kind of problems and challenges on placement, which is one of the benefits of having that year. Um, but you're right, you you need to cope with those as well. And I liked your idea around peer support and helping each other through the process. I think it's important to bear in mind that you're not the only one that's looking for a placement. Even if your friends or housemates aren't looking for a placement, um, make the most of the support from your kind of fellow cohort. Um, so fellow students on a placement preparation module, fellow students on your programme that might be looking for a placement year, do get in touch with them and, and support each other through the process you're all going through it at the same time and you can like you said share tips and advice from your yeah. own experiences yeah I think on the other side of that it is also easy to turn a bit competitive and be like oh who's getting their offers first or who's going to more interviews or, or you know stuff like that and I feel like with mine mine was very different to all of my other peers um just applications and stuff the fields that we were into were just so different so obviously it's useful to have your friends applying for placement years but I also wouldn't encourage people to compare yourself too much because for my friends for example one of two of my really close friends got their offers really early I was just there thinking oh god 
I'm just going to be left, you know, I'm not going to get one and stuff like that. So it's, it's really easy to assume that if people have got an early offer, then they must be better than you or they must have better skills and stuff like that. But I just, it clearly doesn't mean much because getting an offer early doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have a better placement or it's you're, you're better at whatever it is. So I think it's also good to just recognize that everyone's journey with placements is so different and it really doesn't matter when you get it or how long it takes you. Yeah, definitely. And I think, like you said, having that focus and knowing what you want from your placement year, what experience and skills you want to develop and gain and remembering the value of having that placement year for your future career and future job opportunities is another good way to kind of keep yourself motivated. Um, so Harriet, do you think you've developed resilience through the process of looking for a placement? Oh, 1000%. I think I was infinitely less resilient now versus two years ago when I was like applying for things. Um, yeah, so I think applying for placements and the actual placement itself massively develops your resi resilience, particularly when things go wrong. I think as Anais touched on, like when things go wrong, that's when you learn. Um, so one of the things that really helped me remain resilient when applying was emailing companies I'd applied for and asking for feedback, which I think you've touched on, Hayley. Um, this was particularly if I'd got onto the latter stages of the process. Um, so I know with like if you're applying to bigger multinationals, if you don't get as far as like the video interviews, they're very unlikely to send you feedback because they're very busy. But if you get from the video interviews onwards, they're more likely then to send you feedback if you ask. And then asking for the feedback, let me see what I'd done well and what I could improve upon and kind of pinpointing the bits where I knew I'd gone wrong really helped because it stopped me almost spiraling and doubting myself because I think if you don't know where you went wrong you start to overanalyze every single little bit you said and you get that little like imposter syndrome voice in your head which is never beneficial so feedback is amazing and this also links to resilience on placement as naturally everything won't be smooth sailing especially when you're working cross-functionally on projects like kind of the truth is something will always go wrong if something doesn't I've never heard of you before because it's, it's never been completely smooth sailing. But I think when there's bumps in the road, that's when you learn because that's when you have to think on the spot where you have to react to situations as they unfold. And that really develops your resilience because you learn how to react when things go wrong. You don't panic immediately. And I think that's what I tend to do in first and second years. Something goes wrong, panic stations, whereas now I'm a lot calmer and it's never the end of the world. Um, so the main thing I've learned from placement and the application process is to not be afraid to make mistakes. Mistakes is what makes us. And through learning this and accepting this, it's allowed me to bounce back really quickly when things go wrong and develop, develop my resilience in the long term, I think. Great, yeah, thank you. I think you picked up, some, picked up on some really good points there and some good tips on how to develop resilience. Um, is there anything you think you'll do, Harriet, that you'll take into your final year of studies? In terms of resilience or generally? Um, yeah, in terms of resilience and maybe also generally kind of what you've learned as well from your placement and you think you'll yeah, find your use in your, in your final year. Yeah, I think my main general skill I'll take in is organisation. 
I think to be perfectly truthful, I was not the most organized person at all. For the first few years, I was quite lastminute.com with a lot of things. And I found a lot of my stress and when things go wrong is generally because you're unprepared or you have left things till last minute. So I think going into my final year is just to be aware of timelines. And I'm very aware now of how long things take me to do, like how many weeks, how many hours I should spend on things. And also to maintain a good work-life balance. I found particularly working virtually, that's what saved me this year, is to step away and take the time and realise that if things are going wrong, you know, it's not the end of the world. There, there are bigger things <laughs> to worry about. Um, particularly with resilience, I think it will put me in good stead for grad scheme applications. I think because placement applications are pretty similar to grad scheme applications. So if you build up your resilience, you build up those core skills that you've got from applying for placements, you should be in good stead for when you start applying for grad schemes in your final year. Great, and then yeah, you're definitely right. It does help you with your, your graduate applications because you've already gone through that process of applying for work and attending interviews and assessment centres. And plus you've got a wealth of kind of skills that you've developed from your placement year and lots of examples that you can talk about in those applications now as well. Um, 100%. I, yeah. I know Excel so well now. I didn't think I knew Excel before placement and now it's like, I love it. <laughs> um, so question for both of you. Do you have any tips for um, students that are currently looking for a placement? Um, I would say that my biggest tip, I've kind of said it a bit before, but just making sure that the job that you get in the end is something that you're really passionate and excited about. Because as Harriet said, like things go wrong, like things are really hard and it's not a smooth sailing year. You know, it's it really takes a lot of effort and really a lot of dedication to complete it and get the most out of it that you want. And especially if it's a topic that you definitely want to go into afterwards, um, you know, you make connections with people in the field and that's definitely so useful. Like the people that I've met that I've worked with are people that I look up to so much and I definitely want to keep in contact with them and, you know, just have them in my network for the future. Um, but I just feel like if I wasn't as interested in the subject and willing to learn from all of them because I'm so passionate about it, it just wouldn't have been the same and you know I would have it would it's really hard to commit to something so much when it's you're kind of on the fence with it um so yeah I would say that that was that's definitely my biggest tip when you're looking for a placement year to definitely just not settle for things because so one of my best friends she ended up really not enjoying the placement that she took just because she got her offer really really early on had quite a lot of other applications still ongoing but she was just so nervous that she wasn't going to get them even though she thought they were really well suited to her that she took the placement that she got offered obviously she was very very happy with securing a placement so early on but then when it got to actually doing the job it was really not what she wanted and I think it's so easy to get swept up in that um, and she definitely wishes that if she could go back in time she definitely wishes she had turned it down and carried on applying even though that's a really really difficult thing to do um yeah I don't know what I would have done if that was my situation but I'm very happy that I 
didn't stop applying to things and keeping going because yeah I was very happy with the placement that I ended up doing. Just off the back of that um, equally I think probably as a two quite different examples because I think I've gone into like sales and marketing and there's quite like a broad range of roles in that way and also like amazingly specialized and such an amazing sounding um, placement but one of the things that I found actually talking to other placements is knowing say worst case scenario you do the year and you find it's not what you want to do that's just as useful because if if you don't like it it's a lot better than going into the graduate job market and then signing up for a three-year grad scheme and realizing you don't like it so kind of there's no downside to placement because if you do it and find you don't like it it's a good learning experience for you if you do it and you love it that's great you found what you want to do so in terms of tips that I've sort of like jotted down for people looking to do a placement year first one is use rate my placement rate my placement was such a useful website for me and it's where I found a lot of the placements that I did and you also get reviews from previous people who have done it which is really useful to see um I'd also say these two tips kind of go together but like I've touched upon make sure your CV is up to scratch make sure it's something you're proud of that it's laid out in a way that is easy for the reader to see and no more than two sides of A4 and also set up your LinkedIn. But what I would say is don't put your LinkedIn on your CV until it's like in a good place. So if you've got like four connections and they're your mates and you haven't posted anything, it's not the best thing to link on your CV. But it is good to have a LinkedIn set up before you start your placement year because that's how you can like develop your professional network. Great, thank you. Um, and do either of you have any kind of final tips um, to kind of help students with their placement search or um, developing resilience? Any final pieces of advice? I probably just echo, I think, what's been said, just particularly do something you're passionate about or do something that you think you'll be interested in because that will motivate you and, and keep you going and make the search easier because it's not an easy time at all, especially doing it alongside studying. But just remember that you're great, you're doing a great degree and really sell yourself, don't undersell yourself. If you're in video interviews, really amp up what you've done because the best cheerleader is yourself. Only you know everything you've done, so you can do it. Yeah, and I think definitely agree with all of that. And I would just also say that it is really difficult to just carry on doing things, especially as Harriet said, you're also trying to do all your modules and all your work that you have at university and it is really hard to balance all of that but I think it's a good thing to just remind yourself the reasons that why a placement would be really good um, I feel like aside from any academic or career goals that you might have I would say that a lot of personal growth happens when you do a placement year because you just learn more about yourself you learn more about what it's actually like to work in a professional placement. And I would definitely say that I've learned an equal amount just about myself than about the actual field that I was working in. Um, so yeah, I just think there's so many benefits to doing a placement and it's, it's nice to just remind yourself of that if you're struggling with keeping motivated and things, because even if, you know, worst case scenario, you didn't have the best time of your life. It's, there's so much more you can learn apart from 
just the work that you're actually doing. And even my friend who I mentioned earlier, who didn't end up enjoying the actual job, she's still very, very happy that she did a placement because it's taught her so many other things that she wouldn't have got just going to uni um, and doing modules and things. So it's still a really amazing thing to do. Great. Thank you both for your um, time today and your input and some excellent tips that everyone to go away with and hopefully put into practice and keep themselves motivated and re-energised with your placement search or any kind of search for work experience. This was the Career Zone podcast brought to you by the University of Exeter Career Zone. You can find this series on iTunes and Spotify, so do subscribe and follow us to keep up with our regular releases. And we would love to hear from you. So if there is something on your mind, then share your thoughts or questions on Instagram at UOE Career Zone or at UOE Cornwall Career Zone or Twitter at UOE Careers. Hashtag Career Zone Podcast and we'll follow up in one of the next episodes. Finally, of course, you can find out more information about all the support we offer at exeter.ac.uk slash careers.